2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let me just say it's good to be back. I appreciated your prayers and um, God definitely reminded me again how fragile and feeble I am and we as human beings are, but um, makes you appreciate every day that, that God gives us and how thankful we are for that. Second Timothy chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's bow together in prayer. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your recorded word. We're grateful for the many ways that your word ministers in our life and how we can read over the, uh, the same passage and you speak to us in, in personal ways, in different times, in different ways. Lord, thank you that the Word is a living book. And I pray that it would be alive and real in our lives today through the ministry of your Spirit. For we pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen. Today we'd like to look at lessons of motherhood, and rightfully speaking, you may say, all right, Pastor, what do you know about motherhood? I mean, seriously. Well, I, I am a very rich man and have been very, very blessed by having in my life two of whom I consider the best mothers that there ever can be. In observing my mother growing up, and then observing my wife. And uh, I trust today that, that you um, are privileged to be able to look at uh, the mother God has put in your life, or the wife that has been the mother to your children, and give thanks and praise to God for the gift of life. But in, in sharing these thoughts today, <clears throat> they will be directed toward mothers, but they, they really apply to every one of us. And these are things that I've observed. Um, in particular, as I, as I just mentioned. But in order to really go through the, 
maze, if you please, of motherhood. And there's no way that we can ever comprehend all that you mothers go through. In our men's Sunday school class, we talked about um, there's not a one of us that can, as men, that can do what you ladies do in the home. And uh, I was going to say, and us survive. The rest of the family probably wouldn't survive either, all right? And we understand that that you are um, the key roles of the home. And yet, we live in a day where um, the roles of God are totally confused and changed. And yet today, rather than addressing that, we want to just look at Here's some key principles that can help any person have a successful life, but any mother to truly um, honor God with the calling that God has given her. And many times when, when we give lists, it doesn't matter which order the lists come in, but today it does matter with the first point. The first point is build your life on Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7, we know the little kid's song, the wise man built his house upon the rock, and the winds came, and the storms came, and the rain descended, and the house on the rock stood firm. The foolish man built his house on the sand, And the storms of life came, and the rains descended, and it did not stand the storm. A wise woman builds her house on the rock, Jesus Christ. Ladies, it's the only thing you can count on. I think it's fitting. The the Patch Kids sang the song here about, you can trust God. And He it is alone that you can trust. It's God that's been there. It's God that knows everything. It's God that is all-powerful. And it's God that we can trust. Um, Husbands will greatly disappoint you. Man, I thought that would get an amen, but they're... Children will rip your hearts out. But God will never fail. And and if you build your life on anything else, you will come to a great, great, great disappointment. Not minimizing, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but you must have a faith that is secure and unwavering, and that is something only you can build. Your husband can't build your faith for you. Your parents can't build your faith for you. No one else can build the faith for you. This is something that that we must build step by step, stone by stone, verse by verse. And when that work and that labor of of first of all receiving, and this is the gift, it's not we labor for it, the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, 
and then putting in the work where we build that faith, where step by step and stone by stone and verse by verse we're developing our faith and we're growing in Christ, then we will have something that when the storms of life come and and you mothers, every one of you could probably give a list of different storms that have come in your life that you never anticipated, that you thought, this will never happen to me. And these various storms have come in your life. When you build your life on Jesus Christ, you will have a faith that is able to stand. And when it's built on anything else, it will not stand. And when you build this faith, a life built on Christ, you give to your children and your family the greatest heritage that you can ever give them. Abraham Lincoln said, No man is poor who has a godly mother. Think of it. The greatest inheritance that you can give your children is modeling before them a godly life. Proverbs 31, and we're not going to go into the details of that, but it says in Proverbs 31 and verse 30, Beauty is deceitful, favor is deceitful, or charm is deceitful, and beauty is fading, is vain. But it says, But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Regardless of the charm, regardless of the beauty, it all fades. I thought some would say amen to that. Not meaning any men here, but I thought some older lady would say, tell me about that. What the world considers beauty fades, but a woman who fears the Lord, that is genuine beauty. And that will be praised. I don't care how much cream, wrinkle-free stuff you put on your face. You're going to wrinkle. You're going to get old. I mean, I have yet to go to a nursing home and find someone and say, How old are you? 92? You look like you're 22. It doesn't happen. But a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who has built her life on Jesus Christ, has a beauty that, that comes from her that there's no other explain, explanation for it than that is the grace of God. And this is, first and foremost, build your life on Jesus Christ. Number two, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but respect and honor your husband. Not because he's Mr. Wonderful, but because that's what God tells you to do. There are many times that we as husbands make it very difficult for you to respect and honor. But you do it because this is what God wants, and I want to hear, Well done, thou good and faithful. He tells us in Titus chapter 2, the older women to teach the younger women to love their husbands. The first thing that he brings out, 
we, we continually say, act, don't react. No matter how unbiblical someone else acts, we need to act biblically. We need to do what is right. And it is important for us to understand the best thing you can do for your children after building your faith in Christ and, and living that is to love their father. To live before them in such a manner that they see a genuine love that you portray in in your life, in your personal life, in your family for their father. Number three, teach your children the Word of God. In 2 Timothy, Paul commanded Timothy for his faith, which he said, first of all dwelt in your grandmother Lois, and then it dwelt in your mother Eunice, and in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, I'm reminding you of the Scriptures which from a child you have known because they were able to make you wise unto salvation. <clears throat> from a child you have known the Scriptures. It's important to teach a kid how to write and print letters legibly. It's important to teach a kid how to speak. It's important to teach a kid how to uh, add and subtract in the math tables and how to think. But there's only one thing that is said that will not return void, and that's God's Word. To teach them the Scriptures to teach them the way of salvation, and then to expose them to Scriptures. I tell you, one of the greatest things that, that my wife has ever done is she has written, she has encouraged, she has motivated, she has driven, she has threatened, and many other things to get our kids to memorize Scripture. And I know this, that the book of James and the book of 1 Peter and Psalm after Psalm and Romans 12 and other passages of Scripture that they've memorized are all in their life and they are a tool of the Spirit of God that God can use in their life. I don't care what you do, mothers, you and kids, you're, you're not going to like it, but do it anyway. Get your kids memorizing Scripture and start them out right here when they can barely talk. You get the... And don't just give them a verse here, a verse here. They can memorize books of the Bible. They can memorize chapters, and you are putting in their life the Word of God that is able to make them wise unto salvation. All their life, that is going to be there, and no matter where they go and what they do, it is there for the Spirit of God to bring out of them. 
and the Spirit of God to encourage them and convict them. Charles Spurgeon's mother said, and she prayed. Charles said, I remember her praying. Now, Lord, if my children go on in sin, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold on Jesus Christ and claim Him as their personal Savior. Do you know what she said? God, I have led them to the Word of God and they have no excuse before you. Why? Because she taught her children the Word of God. But implement the Word of God in their life. It doesn't matter what else. The last thing that's going to be standing, His Word endures forever. And it's by the Word of God that we have wisdom. And a wise mother will teach her children the Word of God. And, and again, it's imperative that, that we personally um, have a hunger and thirst for the Word of God. Number four. This is just a, a simple, practical thing. But do what you can. Work hard. I mean, there's a lot of things you can't do, but don't sit around thinking about what you can't do. Do what you can do. In all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tends only to poverty. Proverbs 14 tells us. Proverbs 31. You can't read that without saying, wow. This woman was a hard worker. There, there's, no, there's no reward from God for just being idle. In fact, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, He rebuked um, the younger widows because they became idle and wandering about and speaking things that were unprofitable. I mean, I... I look at my mother's life and the mother of our children, and one of the characteristics of both of them, they were workers almost to a fault. When they need to rest, they don't. We live in a day-to-day where if you saw how much time people spend on cell phones and Internet, It'd be shocking to us. In all labor, there is profit. And a godly person, I was going to say, but a godly person is one, this is what I can do. So I'm going to do it. And whatever my hand finds to do, I'm going to do it with all my might to the Lord. Do what you can. Work hard. Number five. As a mother, prepare for the long haul. That sounds real godly, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. But honestly, once you're a mother, you're always a mother. And mothering is a lifetime 
ministry. And it's preparing for the long haul. When Thomas Edison was a young lad, his teacher sent home a note with him, which he was to give to his mother. The note said, Your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. Mrs. Edison wrote back, You do not understand my boy. I will teach him myself. And she did, and the results are well known. She was in it for the long haul. She was in it, whatever it takes to make this happen, I'm going to do it. And that's the heart of a mother right there. Whatever it takes to minister in the life of this child, whatever it takes to help them be successful, I am willing to do it. It's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's not a novelty. Oh, I think we'll have a, a child or two. That'd be nice to have on my resume. And then I'll pawn them off to someone else. No, I'm investing my life in them. Prepare for the long haul. And then understand, as a mother, there is always more grace. You will come to days and events in your life that you think, I cannot go a step further. But He giveth more grace as the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions He addeth His mercy. He giveth and giveth and giveth again. He giveth more grace. Whether it's the mother and grandmother of Helen Keller that ministered so mightily in her life or the parents of Fanny Crosby that ministered in the blindness in her life, thinking, how can I go on? He giveth grace for every moment, day by day, and with each passing moment. Strength I find to meet my trials here, resting in my Father's wise bestowments. I've no cause for worry or for fear. He gives more grace. And His grace is sufficient. In the midst of my weakness, His grace is sufficient. Number seven, remember God is in control. You are not and you never will be. And I don't say that to you as a mother. I say that to we as human beings. God is in control. Rest in that fact. I know as, as mothers, you are managing the home and you're, there, there is no rest. What's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for supper? You know, are the clothes clean? Are this done? And, and the garden needs weed and this and this and this. And, and in, in realizing you have to take control and, and plan these things. But understand, ultimately, 
these kids aren't yours, they're God's. And you remind God of that someday, don't you? God, they're yours. You do something with them. But understand that God is the one that's in control. You are the handmaid of the Lord. You are the servant of the Lord. He is God. And as they sang, we can trust Him. And understand, God is at work when you can't see it. Had you been Joseph's mother, you would have prayed for his protection from his brothers. You may have said, God, keep him safe. He's so young, his brothers don't understand him. But little did she know, God mercifully kept her from ever knowing there would be slavery in prison. Think about it. Think of being Moses' mother. And think about the, the weeping as you put him in that little basket in the bulrushes. And then you saw, wow, God is in control. And, and you were able to be reunited. But, but all the way through that, to realize God is in control. Think if you had been Daniel's mother. I'm sure you would have prayed, God, would you give us victory from this Babylonian horde? They're godless, they're cruel, they're barbaric. Don't let him be taken captive, God. It'd be better that he died than he'd be taken captive. That would be a very real prayer of a mother in that day. But God was in control, and God was at work, and God had a totally different plan, didn't He, for Daniel. Think if you had been Mary. Would Mary have prayed, Anything, God, anything but crucified? You understand, we look at things from such a limited perspective. We are finite. We are limited in everything we see and do. But God is infinite in all His wisdom. He's infinite in all His power. He's infinite in His presence. And rest in the fact, God, this isn't what I would have wanted But you are in control, and I rest in that. And then rejoice in this. It will be worth it all when you see Jesus. Your labor will be rewarded. We have no idea. We have no idea what you mothers have done in the nights of wiping the sweaty brow of a feverish son or daughter, of cleaning up for the umpteenth time their vomit as they missed the, missed the garbage can this big and got it everywhere else, you know. You got them to the toilet, but then they missed the toilet. And you're cleaning that up. Or the many, many times that 
why can't you just hang up a towel? Why is this wet towel always right here? And over and over and over again. And, and the times that you've prepared a meal and not even a holy grunt afterwards of thanks, it will be rewarded if you did it as to the Lord. And that's what makes it incredible. Your reward for being a mother to God's children won't be limited to this life. You've probably already prepared that that the gifts today that you may get, as well-meaning as they are, some of you are going to have to smile and say, thank you, but really, didn't you know I don't like that? But you won't say that. And it will be rewarded. It won't be rewarded fully in this, in this life. There's no way that it possibly can. But be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It will be rewarded. There's no way anyone can possibly know all that a mother invests. But it will be rewarded. Heavenly Father, I pray today that You will bless every mother here. I pray, first of all, that they would know You and the forgiveness of sin through faith in Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, I pray that daily they would come to know You more and their faith would be growing and that their life would be built upon You, that regardless of the storms that come, they would be a living example that Your grace is sufficient. I pray that You would encourage them in their labor, help them to see that their labor is not in vain. And Lord, I don't just pray for the mothers here, I pray for every one of us, that we would see that anything else we live for besides You will be totally vain and empty and wasted. And I pray if there's one here today that has never come to know You, I pray today would be the day that they receive the gift of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would understand that You are in control that You are at work, and that You are able to make all things work together for good to them that love You. We praise You in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.